You're listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 55. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. Another episode of the Best in Wealth Podcast. And my name is Scott Wellens, and I am your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people. Guess what? That is you, my friend. Build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. And about 30 minutes ago, I was standing outside in the drizzly, dreary, cloudy Milwaukee morning getting my kids on the bus. It just isn't pleasant out there at all right now. And I don't think it's going to get any better this weekend. And today's episode is not all sunny either because it is titled Projecting the Cost of Healthcare in Your Lifestyle Retirement Plan. Who wants to talk about healthcare? But trust me, it is vitally important. But before we get to the topic, I just wanted to talk a bit about a couple things that I've been experiencing this week. Not that I read any books, but I re-looked at a couple of books and I'm thinking about buying a book. One is called, well, before I get to the title of that book, I think a lot of us have heard of the five-hour work week. And honestly, I hear it's a really good book, but I've never read it. I know friends who have, they say it's a great book, but for me to frame in my head what a five-hour work week would look like, I think to myself, there's no way I could just work five hours in a week and get everything I wanted accomplished. But I was scrolling through my Facebook page yesterday and one of my Facebook friends liked a different book. And this book was called The Five-Hour Work Day. Now, this is a book I think I can wrap my head around a little bit because working five hours a day is a whole lot more than working five hours during the week. And I read just a little summary. It is based off of The Five-Hour Work Week somewhat and gives reasons why The Five-Hour work day is vitally important. That I might be able to frame a little bit better. And really when we are talking about framing our retirement, that's a whole nother story because we think of this retirement as the end. Like let's get to that point and then we can retire and we can sit back and eat popcorn and watch movies. But I was talking to another guy this week who is undertaking a new program. And that program is the Vital Lifelong Alignment. And there's a lot of different programs that you can take to start to think about retirement differently because it is different. The new retirement is so drastically different than the way things used to be. People are spending 20, 30, 40 years in retirement. Heck, some people are spending more of their life in retirement 
or whatever you want to call it, than in their working years, their working life. So we need to think about retirement totally different. And when I think about the five-hour workday, a workday that might start at eight and end at one, wow, how much time do you have during the day to pursue your passions and your cornerstones and build up? If there was really a five-hour work week or if we all, sorry, a five-hour work day, if we all did that, would we even want to retire if we liked our job, if we were energized and at the same time had to pursue our passions? Maybe we would just keep working. I don't know. But this whole reframing of the way we look at things and life is changing. And either you can get on board or you can keep living the way people in the past did, which is not really thinking about your cornerstones and all that you have to offer in life. Let me try and get you to reframe just real quick before we get to the topic of the day. I bet most of you have heard of the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Well, in this book, Stephen talks about the funeral experience. And I'm going to walk you through that real quick, just so you can just start to think about life a little bit differently. So if you're driving right now, do not close your eyes. Just listen. If you are sitting on the couch listening to this podcast or something, maybe you do want to close your eyes and just think about a time. Imagine your funeral is three years from today. Picture all your friends and family who came to honor you. Think of them. Look at their faces. Imagine their faces. They came to honor you to express feelings of love and appreciation for your life. So imagine you're at your own funeral. And as you take a seat and wait for the services to begin, you look at the program in your hand. And there are four speakers. The first is someone from your family. Think about who that might be. The second is one of your best friends. Who is one of your best friends that you want to speak at your funeral? The third person is someone from work. And the fourth is someone from your community where you've been involved with. Now think really deeply. Imagine these people all at your funeral, these speakers all talking about you. Think really deeply because here is my question to you. What would you like each of these speakers to say about you and your life? What do you want them to say? How do you want to be remembered? What is your legacy? Think deeply. What would you like each of these speakers to say about you and your life? Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. Projecting the cost of health care in your lifestyle retirement plan. When I work with individuals and clients and couples and friends and we have discussions about goals and what do you want to accomplish and how do you want to be remembered, just to get back to what we were talking about with Stephen Covey, all of that stuff, all of the big stuff 
Because we need to admit we have a finite number of years on this great earth. What are our goals? What are our dreams? What are our passions? How do we want to be remembered? Those are the goals that some people who like to reframe retirement, they really feel good about those discussions and they really want to dig deep into that area of their thinking. Now, there's a lot of other people that just want the practical. They want to know if they're going to have enough money to pay for their living expenses and maybe go to Arizona for a couple months during the year or wherever. They want the practical side. Am I going to make it? And that's important. They're both important. And when I list out goals and dreams, we list out things like second homes and vacationing and charitable giving and all of that stuff. But there's two that aren't very sexy at all. And those two are your living expenses and your health care costs. Now, some might say, well, your health care costs are part of your living expenses. And I agree with you. But health care is such a hot button right now because health care costs are skyrocketing that I feel like it's important on a lifestyle retirement plan to separate health care so we can take a deeper dive into what those numbers actually are. And maybe you're thinking right now, Scott, what are you talking about? I'm not going to retire until I'm 65, so then I can go on Medicare and my expenses are paid for. Hold on for a second. Being on Medicare doesn't mean that your health care is free. Far from it. And those are the numbers that we're going to go over. And we're going to imagine a couple of different scenarios because there's Medicare on one end. The other end is maybe your dream is to retire early. You want to retire before the age of 65. So now you need some private health care insurance as well. So there is the before and there is the after. Let's first just look at the pure Medicare costs. And I'm not going to get into all the nitty gritty, but I'm going to give you some numbers so you can start to think about how this kind of stuff needs to be implemented inside of your plan. And if you're thinking that you have enough for retirement and haven't adequately assessed your potential health care costs. Maybe you need to lift up that 401k percentage a little bit. So health care or Medicare rather is separated into a few different parts. So there's part A, part B, part D, and then there's Medigap or Medicare Advantage plans, and then finally out-of-pocket expenses. So Medicare is not free. The only real free thing that you get with Medicare is Part A. In Part A, your premiums for Medicare are paid for. And what is Part A? Part A is the hospital insurance, the major catastrophe, not the little stuff, the big stuff. Think about your high deductible health care plan right now that's covering the big stuff. Part A is hospital care. And your premiums are paid for by the government. However, that doesn't mean if you go to the hospital, all of your expenses are covered because there is 
coinsurances, a limited number of days that you can be at the hospital, all kinds of things that are going to add to your out-of-pocket expenses, even though Part A is paid for. That's just the premium. You know when you have health care right now, there's plenty of -of out-of-pocket expenses. That's Part A and the premium is paid for. Part B of Medicare is a little bit different. Part B covers your doctor visits, your emergency room visits, those kinds of things. Now, Part B is an option. However, most people elect to take Part B. And if you do, that Part B premium comes right out of your Social Security check if you're receiving Social Security. And what does it cost? Well, it depends how much you're actually making. Meaning, if you're in retirement, you still might be taking a large sum of money out of your 401k, and that's counted as income, etc. So the average person pays around $120 a month for Part B. And I'm getting these numbers from the Center for Medicare Services and uh, from 2016. So the average person this year will pay $1,462 for Medicare Part B. Multiply that times two now. If you have a spouse, you each are paying $1,462 per year. So what, almost $240 a month. That is basically a car payment. It ain't cheap. That's part B. All right, let's move on to part D. Part D is your prescription drug plan. And there are certain co-pays for some drugs. There's the donut hole. There's things that you will still be responsible for paying. But if you are on Part D, your prescription drugs, some are covered and some have smaller co-pays. And according to Medicare.com, Part D this year costs $659 a year. Multiply that times two if you have a spouse. That's your drug plan. All right, let's take it a step further. Let's say, for example, that you want to transfer more risk to the insurance company, meaning you don't like all of these extra costs. I talked about Part A that has coinsurance payments, Part B as co-pays, etc. There's a lot of expenses that are in Part A, Part B, and your drug plan, Part D. There's out-of-pocket expenses. So there's something called a Medigap policy or even a Medicare Advantage plan or something like that. And what this policy will do is add extra layers of insurance to your Part A, your Part B, and your Part D, in some instances, it actually has a drug plan within the Medigap policy or Medicare Advantage plan where you won't even need to take Part D. So how much does a plan like this cost? Well, it depends which plan you take. There's a lot of different Medigap policies. But a middle-of-the-road policy the average cost, and I'm using the average premiums by state and gender from the WISE ratings, and this is assuming premiums for an F Medigap policy, which is like a middle-of-the-road Medigap policy, and that cost is $2,062 per year 
per individual. Man, things are starting to add up, aren't they? And lastly, what about out-of-pocket expenses? So let's say I am enrolled in Part A. I did elect to take Part B. I did elect to take Part D because that drug plan's an option as well. You don't need to take it. I did take a Medigap F policy. It seems like I'm very much insured, but there are still out-of-pocket expenses. So according to the Consumer Expenditure Survey from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average person who has this type of coverage will still pay $1,860 per year in out-of-pocket expenses, and that's per individual. Man, that's a lot. That total number, someone with Part A, Part B, Part D, Medigap F, average out-of-pocket expenses, and this is not, this is a round number. Yours may be up or down from here, but that annual total to insure both individuals, $12,295 a year or $1,000 per month. So I'm going to tell you two things from this, all right? Number one. This might not be your plan. You might be listening right now and you're 70 years old and you're on part A and part B and you have a Medigap policy that's very cheap or maybe doesn't even have an outlay of cash per month at all and you're saying, Scott, I don't spend anywhere near that amount of money. And that could be true because I'm given average cost for out of pocket. However, the older you get, the more things that tend to go wrong. And now your out of pocket expense starts to go through the roof. And it's averaging out from those younger years when you didn't need to pay as much. So I'm not suggesting you take out this type of plan and you have a $12,000 outlay per year. But I am saying you ought to plan to spend a lot of money in retirement on healthcare. Because here's the biggest kicker of them all. That is healthcare inflation. Healthcare costs are rising at an astronomical rate. And right now, the average inflation of healthcare per year is rising at 6.5%. So let's put some numbers behind that. Let's pretend that you and your significant other are around 50 years old. And we're going to use these numbers that I just gave you and inflate them up each and every year by 6.5%. And at 65, you're going to start taking Medicare. And you're going to start paying these expenses, which will be more now than $12,000 a year because we inflated all these numbers up. And let's say that each individual lived to 91 years old. What is the total cost of the health care, the outlay that this particular hypothetical individual or the couple will pay? Well, the answer is a little over $300,000 for health care between the ages of 65 and 91. Is that crazy? That's why we need to start planning for this type of of new reality. And if we're not having health care in our plan, we might be missing out big time. Now, I'll tell you that I know a couple right now. They're both around 75 years old. They get their Part A premium paid for. They take the Part B 
insurance and it comes out of their Social Security. They do have a Medigap policy, but that Medigap policy has a very low monthly premium and it adds some layers of protection and helps with drug costs. They don't spend near this amount of money. They've been on Medicare for 10 years and they haven't spent anywhere close. But I'm telling you, they're 75. In the next five or 10 years, they could spend way over this amount and now it'll start averaging out. It's always better to overplan. It's always better to be conservative about your lifestyle retirement plan. I know another couple, they didn't do a great job of planning for retirement period. They're both about 75 years old. They're living on social security alone. They have Medicare Part A premiums paid for. They pay for Part B, but that's all that they do. And things were fine for the first 10 years, but then one of them got sick. And then the hospital bills started rolling in. And now they're on their fixed income, their Social Security checks, and they don't have enough money to pay for their health care bills. Imagine the stress that you would feel or be under if you were in that circumstance. So the reason I'm telling you that is I don't want you to be in that circumstance. I want you to start planning today for health care. So the big question is this. Do you want to over plan for your health care and retirement or do you want to under plan? Do you want to be the person who can't pay their bills and are stressing out? Or do you want to be that person who might have an extra couple hundred thousand dollars in their account when they pass away because they over plan? That takes me right back to Stephen Covey. That takes me right back to your funeral. Think about it one more time. You're there. You're sitting down watching your own funeral. Your best friend, your co-worker, your neighbor, your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle come up and talk about you. And they talk about the way you were a family steward and the way you had your priorities straight and the way you had planned your life so you were able to achieve all of your dreams and all of your goals and not that person who fell short who had regrets you don't want to be that person I promise you you don't and you're not going to be you want to know why because you listen to the best in wealth podcast and you listen to it week in and week out and I am so incredibly thankful that you do because this is the highlight of my week this is what i love to do this is not work to me this is my passion this is my cornerstone and i know you want to reach your full potential as well if you have questions please email me anytime scott at bestandwealth.com think about it how do you want to be remembered until next week my friends i will see you I will see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.
The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.